that's for the Patreon rewards. It is. And this, I, before I start, <laughs> I love it. Hello and welcome everyone to a very special and probably a haphazard episode of Monday Night Magic. Uh, always your host here, Tom. And joining me, I, you're officially the co-host at this point, Brent. Brent, Brent co-host, Dr. No, Dr. no Pants. Hello, everyone. One. Co-host Brent at Dr. No Pants One Twitter. Mm-hmm. So it's we actually have magic news. So this might be a slightly more magic-filled episode, but I, I have a little bit. I, I've been researching the history of Carmen Sandiego, the video game series. So we can always dive into that if we need some uh, off-color or off-topic banter today. But a lot of magic news came out. So Brent, I'm gonna since we have a, a, a plethora, all El Guapo. Well, you, well, you certainly have a plethora. <laughs> what movie is that from, Brent? Oh no, I don't. I know the. Oh, no, I'm Googling. I don't know. I've heard it before. It has Chevy Chase in oh, it. Oh, is it the Three Amigos? The Three Amigos. Yes, oh, there it El, is. There oh, it is. El Guapo. Guapo. You have a plethora. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. I've been trying to, in my mind, I've been watching, like, when can my kids experience the Three Amigos for the first time? I'm like, I don't think there's anything necessarily terrible in it, in my mind. Oh, that's an old man. Wasn't that movie in, like, the late 80s? Probably. That was, again, when you didn't have much else to do but go to the the, the video rental store and see what they had in there. And pick Three movies solely based on, it's like the old Nintendo games where you pick movies based solely on the box art. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the horror movie house because the hand looks kind of cool pushing the doorbell, <laughs> it's, and it's nothing like the box at all. <laughs> at crawl, all, as we talk about crawl, that movie looks yes. amazing, and it was amazing. There, the box are matched to the true gem inside of it, and all the apparently all the stars that were included in that movie. Well, looks like uh, Three Amigos was 1986. Definitely so, uh, age dated ourselves, but yes, oh, okay. sorry that got off uh, for El Guapo for many. So, yeah, for magic-related news, there was a plethora of uh, content. And Which uh, one? I will let you pick first. You get to pick on... Uh, you know, uh, seeing as I will never be on the Pro Tour, I think I would like to talk about the uh, Pro Tour announcement. What that is came that? Out. They are, there used to be one, right? Yeah, there and used to be. And then Wizard said, it's too expensive, we hate it. <laughs> Which says, it's too expensive, we hate it, we're going to try and push everything to esports... <laughs> Which is, I, I love how people like did the math and it lasted like 1200 days. It was like 1200 something days. And then they're the Twitter's like, yep, the horse is dead. Go follow the new horse that will hopefully not die. Oh yeah. Your name yet. Yeah, like your name will be remembered or, you know, remember that whole, it was like a mm-hmm. two minute long video ad for it. And everybody was excel- uh, celebrating and excited. Uh, even uh, Richard Garfield came in, right. Didn't he even come in during the what video. And, no one really knows, but yeah. 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 He's like, kind of walked in the store. He's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh? Rosewater, all the people were there and they'll I remember love, your I name. I love math. What, why am I? <laughs> play keys, Keyforge. <laughs> play, okay. play, shut up. <laughs> Is Keyforge still around? <laughs> okay. Anyways, Pro Tour. So uh, now that uh, esports have been uh, MTG esports have been effectively uh, killed. I don't know if it was like a Lenny from uh, Mice and Men, but it was killed. And I, I, they didn't even pet. I think they just left it in the corner and it just died of <laughs> neglect. Died of neglect. Oh, oh I, love, I love you. They just kind of locked the cl- basement door and just walked away. And so now the Pro Tour will be coming back. And there is even, if you go on, uh, well, this is Mothership, isn't it? Magic.gg. All right, that's Mothership. It has a nice pyramid 
illustrating how tabletop premier play will work from the regional championship qualifiers up to the regional championships to the pro tour. And then you can become the world champion. And so, yeah, it looks like this uh, will be starting this coming year, right? Correct. 2023. Is that, uh, that seems to be the official term again. Like you said, they, that'll be at least the first pro tour. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was hamstring reading about how they're going to, it was a little nebulous because they're probably still figuring this out, like how they're going to be sending out invites to like the regional level and basically kind of getting that initial pool of, I guess, hopefuls to start this. Yeah, and it looks like the regionals will even start July 2nd. It can be a standard, pioneer, modern, limited. Uh, there will be a way for uh, digital to get in there also, correct? If I read, read that correctly? Yes, they were. Uh, this was, they talked much more about Arena, not a huge surprise, but there was a little bit of mention about MTGO and some of the formats that they that wasn't regional championships uh, not set i i have it pulled up here magic online showcase yes it says that will still be around that will feed players into this system but that was basically about the about the only mention of mtgo that i could find see uh and yeah and then yep arena qualification starts in april ladder play and may qualification event and it looks like they even say that there are still a few virtual eyes to dot and t's to cross they're still figuring things out, but uh, the fact that they even have something laid out again, it looks like uh, the gathering, the paper gathering of magic will be uh, happening once more. Yeah, which is, I mean, it, it seems to be this, uh, no announcement's going to make everybody happy, but this seemed, I feel this is the closest they have gotten in like five years to doing something that a vast majority of people, even people that aren't into organized play, such as myself, that seem to be it seems logical. It seems to make sense. And it seems like it's satisfied a lot of what people wanted back from organized play. Yeah. I think the announcement went over very well compared to some other recent announcements, maybe in a digital format, such as arena. Uh, this seemed to go over splendidly, which always makes you wonder, did they part? Was that kind of like conspiracy? Did wizards kind of throw that other one out there? And they're like, we know this is going to, this is going to be some feel bad. So we'll save the pro tour announcement until after. There you go. I did not hit the the unlimited sign, though. <laughs> they saved the good news. You know what I mean? It's the bad news first, and then the good news. So here's... It's not the arena was bad, all bad news, but it was not as good. I don't think it was as well taken as this uh, premiere play announcement, pro tour play was announced. Yeah, I guess the, the question, like we, we mentioned, the you know, arena's going to be a way to funnel into this, but again, it's also, I'll say, largely paper magic base is my feeling is I feel like there's been so much focus on alchemy that this also now becomes another divide where, well, alchemy is apparently not going to be at all, I'm presuming not going to be at all used for professional organized play. I mean, it might get me into the system, but at that point, it's not like I can play alchemy cards once I'm into a regional qualifier or anything like that, right? Yeah, I don't, uh, doing doing a quick search, I don't see it popping up anywhere that that's where... uh... I don't see alchemy popping up in anything like, hey, this is a way that you can get into it. So that kind of stuck out to me where it seems like there's been so much push by this. Maybe this is another signal that Arena is really becoming sort of a different uh, digital object. And Brent, I'm seeing on my side, so we should be cool. Uh, um, so I, I just found that fascinating because it seems like there's been so much push about alchemy kind of being the future of Arena and standard in that respect there. And is this kind of i feel like it kind of gets swept to the side because here it's just how can they do that 
Um, so that make me that would make me feel bad for people that are maybe coming through the arena system into this. I mean, obviously they're going to know that cards are alchemy versus not alchemy, but I, I found it odd. That was just my opinion. Maybe this is the thing that they can use to finally uh, push al- alchemy off into its own its 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 own game, right? It's a digital only format. It would only be those digital cards because right, you can't really have those as qualifiers, and then you're going to a paper tournament and you're. Right, you can't. How's I don't perpetual? have anything. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. I'm gonna... How's perpetual going to work in a paper card when you're doing all those things, those modifications? You won't be able to have it. Maybe this is what they could. The success of this, maybe they can, and Alchemy can go off, and MTG Alchemy could be its own online only uh, version of uh, MTG and a completely even separate uh, platform. Who knows? If they let me qualify for the Pro Tour Magic in, I'll say, Arena being a completely unique, separate digital thing i think i should be able to qualify playing any deck master product so i think i should be able to qualify through like a net runner maybe some sort of tournament or vampires is a jihad what was the other deck masters oh, game oh ooh. i'm pretty sure it was deck master was it a vampire is the masquerade what is that vampire, it was the vampire something game the eternal struggle there you go thank vampire, you the eternal struggle still see the backs was- of the cards in my mind Oh my goodness. We'll, we'll go into that. The whole deck master idea was to me still fascinating from back at that time. But, but yeah, I, yeah. If you let me get, come get into there through other random things, hell, bring back Netrunner. I love Netrunner. Well, that was, uh, that didn't end that long ago either, did it? Netrunner? <laughs> well, it went through, you had, we had original like deck master one that a lot, a lot of us did love in a Richard Garfield game. Um, and then kind of went away for a while. And then, uh, they're based in Minnesota. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games got it. Oh, okay, and they yeah. kind of released it as sort of like a living card game where they, you had like a base set, then they had expansions, but it wasn't uh, like a booster-based, you know, collectible game per se. But they stopped making it. Um, sort of like the Star Trek CCG and Star Wars CCG, yeah. there's now like a community group that has picked up Netrunner again and is now releasing new wow. sets that you can print out uh, for it. So in some ways, it is still alive. Um and it's it's based more, I call it the Fantasy Flight Games kind of version, which was obviously still heavily based on the original Netrunner, though. Okay. But that, yeah, just any game that you can play and make and give somebody meat damage was just going to be a, a winner in my book. <laughs> uh, was uh, Netrunner also one of the ones where you could just basically, when an expansion came out, like you could just buy the expansion, right? It wasn't a boot, like random booster pack. You could. Was you get a box or get the set, and you had all the new cards? That right I, like, I know, I know for that... sure for the original Deckmaster one there was boosters. I'd, I'd have to look up to see if they okay. also released say like a almost like baseball cards. Like you could buy like a like a sealed set. Like yeah. I just want four of every card. Give it to me. You're... It gets back to magic a little. I know you can't. I I did that for years, and then you know family. Uh, but I did that for years with uh, Magic the Gathering online, so you could go. You could either you go on right MTGO. You can redeem a full set. So there are, and I don't know if Card Hoarders does it, but is it uh, like uh, MTGO Goat Goat Bot or something? You can buy completed sets via Magic Gathering Online Redemption. Oh, interesting! So if you, if you have one of every card from that set, you can redeem it. So you will lose it from your digital collection, but then you will get a a paper physical copy of one a complete set 
mailed to you. And there's a limited time for redemption, too. It's not like you can do it 10 years later. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But, <laughs> I would like four Yavamaya yeah, like Hollows <laughs> or Gaius Kratos, please. Thank you. Oh, Gaius Kratos. That is, that's insane, the price of those. But yeah, you could. Uh, that's a way that you could link. Uh, see, MTGO can link into Paper Magic also that way. You get really like- good that way, and you could play it. Get all get one of each card, redeem it. And then if I'm gonna go down to a, into a deep dark hell, is we could say I mentioned Jurina could do that where I could redeem my cards and they would just send me like NFT like little QR codes that don't they just link oh. to the object I don't own anymore. Oh but man. maybe with a cool picture on it. Oh it'd have to be the ape though, right? Wouldn't it have to be the ape? Are we allowed to say that on the podcast? Is it the ape? Yeah, I was about to say would they get stolen didn't those get stolen, stolen on April first? Yeah, I I remember him. It, it it was fun to watch some of the crypto bros who clearly did not understand what this is. You can make a lot of money and be a moron. Is just the end of the story. Yeah, hence but, our discussion of Logan Paul before the episode. Yeah, started. well, isn't was it the Wizards? Isn't that a possible thing they were still looking right? Because wasn't it? Uh, it's been over a month ago that we had that well, they, one group yeah, they, that was going to do the magic DAO. Yeah. Got we're the, like, uh, yeah, we're going to do some NFTs. And did it. Wizards no, it's is like, okay. hey, no. it's, it's an NFT of. Oh, yeah, your IP. I think you should let this oh, be okay. No, no, just like I'm not a huge fan of how we do IP law, but I am with Wizards on that one. That one is you are dumb. <laughs> well, at least they cut it off quick and easy. But good news: the Pro Tour will have none of that. Their Pro Tour is NFT free zone. You don't need to worry about that, and you can start working your way up, and you can be the world champion. And that will be was it a million dollar prize pool? Million dollar prize? Yeah, is it? Not for the not for the but they said it'd be roughly three hundred players will qualify for the pro tour. I think is how they were saying, or roughly three hundred is what yeah. they were saying. Um, but yeah, I, it seems cool to have it be back. You know, there is the kind of the the big money there. I'd say maybe it's just showing the change the world and why Magic wanted to be esports. It does pale in a comparison to some of the prize pools you see for like. Not that I play like Dota and League, but when you see some of those, it's like, holy smokes, there's a you know, there twenty million dollars and stuff is being thrown out yeah. there. But it's still back there where you can get into it. And I can't remember if it was you, Brent, or someone else that had kind of looked at sort of the lifetime earnings of some of the pool pairs. Just out of curious, it was you, right? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> just to kind of see, like, because I always feel like that was a big talk about you know, wh- you know, what number, you know, what percentage of players, or maybe even small handful. Could you say, hey, I can make a living being a pro magic player? Because I mean, for a lot of people, I think that was their the dream. It's like, hey, I can do this as my job. Um, oh, thank you. I'll take a look at it. Yep. So there, it seemed like the data shows that, in general, based on the way it was, yes, you could have. You know, if you're at that very top tier, so that I think that's maybe reassuring. If I was looking to be a pro tour player, because um, like when I talk to high schools, you've probably done this too. Is when you tell people about higher education, they don't want to do it anymore. Nope, they're not not at all interested. How many years in school? Okay, you guys have all clearly checked out. Perfect. I'm just going to leave. I'm done talking today. I, w- I would say, though, for that example, I, you'd probably be at the extreme, and maybe that's why they're... You went through <laughs> basically as much schooling, so you're in the same boat. You can, it depends. You can, I, looking back, it doesn't seem like it's that much. But, yeah, this is a decent prize pool. As you said, for uh, Dota... Um, uh, League of Legends, those that always cracks me up when Wizards, you know, Hasbro will come out and be like, "We've made insane amounts of money. Look at all this money we're making! Money, 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 money!" 
could you could you I know a million dollars is a lot for the total prize pool, but compared to these other games, if Wizards is making or Hasbro, I apologize if I misstated Wizards. If Hasbro is making so much money from Magic, could they possibly sweeten the pot even more? Do you, do you think that would get even more players interested in trying to go this route? Oh, it depends on I guess the board of directors. <laughs> hmm. Show me. Does that translate into twice as much money in three months? Like, I don't yeah. know. It's not going to happen. As they're sitting in their Scrooge McDuck vault trying to count up the coins as they're diving into it. And <laughs> I want, I, I have to assume at least a couple of the moron billionaires out there have tried that at least once to dive into a pool of money and hurt themselves. I bet at least yes. one. Oh, I'm pretty sure Jeff Bezos broke his arm once as being like, I have a billion dollars. I'm going to turn it into twenties and try to dive into it and then hurt himself. I, I think how bad could it be even be with pennies, right? I mean, like how many pennies would it take to fill up a pool? You know, this is, this is a good thing. I, I, that, I was just seeing it. That's something I think I know a project she's can work on for me. How many pennies can, will it take to fill up a pool? Well, I used to, I used to have a whole blog based on answering stupid questions based on math and physics. And <laughs> this would be the type of question, like how many, how many calories of blizzards would I have to use to, to fly to the moon? Like these types of questions. <laughs> Completely irrelevant of the actual energy you're getting and what's happening to your body as you're flying to the moon. Everything no, else is just how many blizzards, how many large Oreo cookie blizzards? Because that was when I used to be a quite obese person. Man, I love myself a large Oreo cookie <laughs> or Butterfinger Blizzard, one of the two. But oh, really? They've changed Butterfingers. I, anyone listening to this podcast, bless you for listening to us. I I know we go all over. <laughs> they changed Butterfingers recently, didn't they? They're no longer the same as they used to be. I guess the I composition. I'll have to try one. I mean, yeah, if it doesn't have like the the gritty baklava type yeah. crunchy that you're eating through, or you're not sure what it is because it's. It's like thousands of layers of peanut butter substrate that you're biting yeah. through, but there was something special. I haven't tried one recently to see what they're like. Uh, I'll have to see if I can see. I'm a Snickers Blizzard. That's my go-to. Like you get a Snickers Blizzard, there's a lot. It's it's not Taco Bell level, but it's almost there. I I would do a lot of things for a Snickers Blizzard. What, what do you think? Talk about whatever. Did they have they ever done like a ice cream based item? How how no, is a Choco Taco not yet ever been done at a Taco Bell? I'm gonna. Uh, Churro I don't cream. remember there being true ice cream there. They had churros for a while, and or they had some cinnamon twist is a, basically a churro, right? I mean, it's... oh, they had legit churros. Like they had, oh. they had Charles Barkley would go on a San Antonio rant churros. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are these are not terrible. These are these are really quite tasty. If, if you ever need to kill eight minutes, just look on YouTube for the compilation of Charles Barkley talking about San Antonio women, and he of course brings up churros. And your day will be infinitely better. I was not a Charles Barkley fan growing up. I love Charles Barkley now because of that. But yeah, Taco Bell did have, I know they had churros. Um, I don't remember if they had like ice cream, legit ice cream though. I mean, they have like their frozen, uh, their frozen, their freezes and those, but I don't think they've had ice cream. And no, I've not seen Choco Taco. That's a great suggestion. I just, they should get Choco Tacos there. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever their version of it would be. Whatever it they want to like, call it. To me, it seems like that would. I'm imagining like a cookie, like a taco chip cookie, but formed into a taco, taco. like a hard taco yeah. shape, and then fill that with you know something. Don't don't, don't say it. Taco Bell will take your idea and run with it. That was the, the, the real yum, yum brands can yum I think brands it's yum will, brands. I think yum can, brands. 
Uh, that was the Dorito Loco Taco. It was a guy, like a friend of one of the guys that was like, you should make this out of Doritos. And Taco Bell's like, sure. And it sure. makes them an insane amount of money. And that guy got nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing for the idea. I he died of brain cancer years ago, too. Yeah. Dark yeah. turn there. Thank you, Brent. Yeah, well, yeah, he got nothing, got nothing, and then he died. <laughs> he got nothing, and he died. Taco Bell probably did it to him. Just put uh, a bunch of microwaves around his house and <laughs> gave him brain tumors. But yeah, with all the money that Hasbro was saying that Wizard is pulling in, this this goes well. Why not sweeten the pool? Make it a little bit higher. You know what? Or or heaven forbid, maybe you know, pay the judges and other things other than shiny cards, because. I, you know, maybe they should actually get some amount of, you know, compensation, monetary compensation for all the time they're putting in for these tournaments. Uh, you know, hashtag pay the judges. <laughs> and then unionize. And then watch <laughs> what happens. Yeah, watch, watch what happens. There'll just be another line of magic players that will gladly do it for that shiny foil. That's, Unfortunately. That's you, or or uh, the other way to pay them would be. The yeah. <laughs> Which, if you're a, a medical student, will get you to do damn near anything, including <laughs> yep. putting thermal probes up your rectum. What? I will not mention. Yeah, we were doing pizza? studies studies monitoring but yeah, body temp through sleep, just because of what I went into. So you'd wear a 24-hour rectal probe <laughs> looking at body temperature. Hooked up to something, or just not walking around with probes. Yeah, I was about out. to say. I hope there was at least some information gathered, other than there's a probe up my rectum. You know, well, what you think of it? I don't know. How much? How much? Pizza? <laughs> how much more pizza is there? Into it? Like, how much are we talking? A, a slice of pizza? Are we talking a whole? Are we talking what chain? Is this like a local pizzeria? This was a, a Papa John's. This was pretty much always Papa John's at the at. All this, all this at University okay. of Minnesota, uh, and the other one too is we had a one of the that was what we had a person at gastroenterologist, one of the first people to really seriously research basically flatulence, like oh like yeah, basically gas and like yeah. you know you know what does it mean? Does it is there ways to use this like health wise? So I mean there was like crazy contraptions like you wearing like basically a pair of rubber pants in a bathtub and it's like <laughs> hooking your your farts to collect. It was. Oh, that was just kind of fun. Like, I okay, put me in the rubber pants. I want to, I want to fart into a tube because we've done this. I've done this before, not for science. Let's exactly. do it for science. Let's do it for science, right? That's the difference and, between screwing around in science. If you write it down, it's science. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, yeah. right? And the pizza just goes right, especially when you discover you have you know lactose intolerance. You you produce extra farts <laughs> for them. <laughs> Uh, Vincent did bring up a good point about uh, the wizards with the judges. I guess they did try to unionize. And then, uh, surprise, surprise, there's no longer a judge program by Watson. Oh, that was, that's right, because there was like the judge program. (laughs) It's so wonderful. You're like, what would be a spineless piece of crap move to do? Eliminating a union, eliminating the program that makes the judges that they unionize. And so what the judges do, they try and unionize. The program gets eliminated. <laughs> Just on the case, was this were they owned at Hasbro at that point? I guess I I don't know how long ago this happened. Was this were they was this pre or post Hasbro? I don't if this was Let's before see. Hasbro. That's not. I could see being owned by Hasbro. That would make more sense to me. But if this was if that was a uh, pre Hasbro, that is that would suck. Well, it looks like uh, Supercomputer Vincent says it was just a couple years ago, so it was probably Hasbro. So see, we can blame Hasbro. Okay. okay. Is this like good cop, bad cop? Is that what Wizards gets to do with these things? 
Have you like right? They can do like oh, Rena's comments were like, well, Hasbro's making us do all of this oh, stuff, right? This. They're like, oh, and Hasbro's in the background, just kind of greedily rubbing their hands together, like, yes, yes, it still works, yeah, it still works. <laughs> oh wow, that was that was that was quite the off. She said Hasbro stuff is interesting. You're correct, Vincent. It is interesting. So uh, yeah, I hogged a lot of time talking about the Pro Tour and then uh, thermal rectal probes and fart monitoring. Tom, what what was new in uh, magic news to you this week? Let's see. I guess I did enjoy, I guess, going back to like Inquest Magazine, April Fools and Magic, you know, good times. Uh, but I did like that they initially, I assume they must have planned for it to be a real product. I don't think you could turn that quickly around. <laughs> but the, the left-handed magic card secret layer being announced on April Fools, I thought was pretty good. Because they are cards that, at first, they're real magic cards, but seeing them into a left-handed orientation is a little mind-bending. But, Britt, you noticed something maybe about the Planeswalker that could have been maybe optimized for left-handed players. Well, yeah, it's, it seemed... They they have the Planeswalker, the, the loyalty count, you know, on the, on the right-hand side versus the left-hand side, which I get. But if you look at the activated abilities of any of the other, like Sisse or Empress Galena, the, the ability is still on the left-hand side, right? Because we read left to in english we read left to right so it seems odd that for the planeswalker they would put the loyalty as those the triggers where those called those, i mean they're not the physical counters you put on them um but they're on the right hand side whereas the actual the wording is on the left hand side and i get it's left-handed magic cards but loyalty costs thank you uh the loyalty costs are on the right hand side but any of the um, mana that you're paying for the other things is on the left hand side, and it just it seems odd based on the way that we read. They'll, things. they'll fix it, Alchemy. Don't don't worry about those. They'll <laughs> update that. <laughs> or what is this? Fix Let's it in post. I mean, Alchemy. It's on the right side. Or the elements is reversed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was my sorry, rambling off. Sorry. Let's see, cost is part. Oh, is that why it costs? Is- See, Vincent, super we we gotta get you like a sound booth. I don't know if we have to like get you something we can just. Well, no, like I sent that the snuggy blanket thing, like the just a yeah, big, snuggy, big snuggy, there you cocoon. go, oh, that big cocoon. That you could... <laughs> <It'd be> perfect. <laughs> well, no, you, you, I think you could even buy suits that are like your own personal like sauna now, where basically oh. like seals around it, just like I guess cooks you like a like a hot dog. I guess at that point, but My, I have a friend that has. It's basically he. It's a bubble he uses from when he's watching softball with his daughters. So he'll have, it's a, it, you have your chair and then it's this big plastic bubble thing that even has like a zip off that you can zip down that you can put over. So it protects you from the rain and it helps. You're oh. not quite as exposed to the elements while you're watching, you know, he's watching his daughters play. Okay. We, I'm trying uh, to figure out the purpose outside of like excluding others. Like in your little, exactly. Your it's, clear. it's clear. We always joked. He should hook it up to the car exhaust. If he's getting cold. And uh, see how it feels that way. But does he look like John Travolta? Is he John Travolta from Bubble Boy <laughs> no. from the late seventies? Bubble Boy. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Oh my goodness! Terrible yes. movie. Oh god. Well, there was another Bubble Boy movie though, too, right? It was a comedy. Much more recently, but yes, no, my mind. Bubble Boy is John Travolta. Vincent it brings is- up a good point. The reason that uh, see, Vincent, you were so smart. The reason that those uh, mana costs are on the left hand side is because they're the cost is part of the rules test text as an activate ability so that's why so see 
thank you, Vincent. That that uh, that helped. So now that kind of makes sense with the left-handed cards. So I was like, yeah, why do they have the loyalty cost on the right-hand side here, but they still have the mana cost over on the left-hand side for these things? Wow. There you go. There it is. Yeah. I didn't get a rump out of that guy. (laughs) Grouchy, grouchy old man. Magic in my day was. (laughs) Yeah, it was crawworms. But this is good. Uh, Empress Galena, this is only her second printing ever. So. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. She was only ever. It was an invasion before. Let's uh... gain control of target legendary. Oh, that one. That one's. That would be annoying in a commander. I mean, right now, Scryfall's showing at 1845 for that card. So if this, if you get the non-foil or the, I prefer not to have Kringle, Pringles cards, the whole thing is $30. Oh, yeah, like I guess that's right getting Garrick and, uh, and I guess I've always had a soft spot for Cobalt since Legends even. just The novelty of a zero casting cost creature was just so unique at that time that it's still just... Yeah, yeah, and, a, and a zero one creature with first strike medicine trample is fun to look at. Yep, yep, yep. I thought that was a good. That was out of Commander Legends originally, correct? Rograx, son of Rog. Rog uh, yeah, because it's Kobolds of Kirkheap was just always like the classic. Yeah, and they'll have uh, Garolf's Messenger. That's what, eight nine bucks right there for that one. Let's see what Rograx going for. Uh, no, no, he's only whopping twenty two cents right now. So I guess that's not going. But yeah, it's it's, getting, it's a way of getting things out there, and it's uh, unique being on the left hand side. Garrett, Color of Beasts. Jeez, even the 2014 version's eight bucks. So I think you're getting a uh, getting decent value out of this. I'm sure the professor will have an actual rating for uh, the value of the secret layer. Oh, but. okay. I, I, that is one of my, I guess, magic admissions. I've never watched a professor video. Oh, I just, I just don't watch a lot of YouTube. I guess like creators. I, I do enjoy this one called uh, Retro Game Core, where he reviews like like retro like the Chinese like retro gaming handhelds that you put your own quasi legally obtained I'll say ROM files <laughs> onto, um, but they've gotten to actually be really good, which is kind of funny. I I would I would recommend if anybody's not the professor has he has good YouTube. You can you know go in and out, see what you want. He reviews a lot of products, uh, but he also he uh, he doesn't hold anything back when uh, reviewing uh, wizards sets. Uh, you know if they've dropped and uh, looking at it from a uh, monetary aspect you know is this worth spending your money on this okay maybe and since so, i just don't buy that kind of stuff I, maybe that's why it's never kind of led myself to it but let's see for some reason i didn't get much into it. oh yeah youtube kind of, yeah he's i don't know I, get, I watch a fair amount that's uh professor like i said he has decent so yeah left-handed uh there will be a left-handed magic cards coming out does it say when it's coming out though uh, April 2022. Hey, this month, Super Drop should be revealed soon. Nice. And okay, Brent, uh, this is not on the list of topics, but I'm going to try to stump Vincent with a Ooh. piece of magic trivia that we may have locked, looked up and discussed before the show. <gasps> so, uh, Vincent, we're going to put you on the spot. And we verified this through Scryfall. So, even though I'm normally wrong about magic topics, this one I was able to verify through the internet is what card has the most individual specific, I'll say prints. And as we were talking about this could there could be sets where it might've been printed multiple times or different borders, but what card in all the magic and this, to give you a hint, this set, this card has appeared or has 43 different printings. 
Oh, sorry, 44. Number two is 43. So I'm going to let Vincent think about that one. It is a little bit. I know the answer. So he's break. calculating it. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, beep. Ones and zeros are all flashing down. His, uh, yes, excluding basic yeah. lands. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, there it I, is. Yeah. That's a good, good that's, point. He's a computer. That right there. That would be a That right oh, there. Yeah, they are, they are. Excluding basic lands. Duh. <laughs> Actually. No. Yeah, basic lands are a magic card. These guys did say beep boop beep boop beep boop beep boop boop boop. It's like the computer that wore tennis shoes. If we're just talking about old seventy movies, like that's that that sound makes me think of him when he's like doing the math. Beep boop beep boop 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 boop. Oh, it actually made me think back to Price is Right. Whenever the wheel would you know, do 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 do. Ooh, go with another guess, Vincent. Yeah, Storin is too old. Do do we give him a hint of like the card type? That'd be yeah, fair, yeah, right? give him a hint. Yeah, it's yeah. a, it is a, well, cl- clearly not a basic land. It is a land. It is a land. Yeah, it's a land. Stone rain. That's a good guess. But remember, they for a while they got rid of uh, land destruction because it was viewed as not fun. And anyone who played against land destruction, I would like to uh, agree with that statement. It's not fun. That's true. Now, <laughs> now they just make every other card not fun to play against because it has three thousand abilities on it. <laughs> yep. This card, you can destroy target planeswalker, destroy, and it depends on the color too, right? Where it is, its color identity. As, I, as, as, yeah, we, we won't go into the power group discussion. Okay, it's okay. Just like, <laughs> card abilities are just nuts. Just in my mind, are just nuts now. Uh, so no, we'll we'll let's think about that. Was there anything? So there is a bunch of. <laughs> this came out on, on March third. There's going to be a bunch of updates for alchemy uh, coming mm-hmm. out, and they specifically are looking at. They said the warrior and equipment themed. Uh, themes that came on Zendikar Rising. Um, I guess I feel like I never saw much. They were bumping up some elves, which I thought was interesting uh, as well with this announcement. Just it seems like anytime you touch you you touch elves, that could be a challenge for more legacy formats. But um, it's alchemy, it is. And uh, they also said they're going to start maybe looking at bumping up some of the party mechanic, which I think I kind of liked the party mechanic, but I I agree. I feel like I didn't see a whole lot of really competitive play, um, but I would like to see them play with that a little bit because uh, shapeshifters and morphling and party are good fun. So I would like to see them do that more. <laughs> party was fun. I've uh, I played a couple of uh, pre alchemy uh, standard like midweek magic using uh, a party mechanic, and actually I lot I uh, played uh, I was playing a surprise prize mono white deck. And I played up against a party deck, and I lost. They uh, they stabilized, and man, they obliterated me. It was good. It was a good job. And Vincent was mentioning that of the changes, he said uh, they did mention a few just individual cards that are getting uh, uh, changed. Is Symmetry Sage. It, I guess they bumped up the toughness from two to three, and it also bumped up how much power it gives the creature being three. Says we made it more threatening and resilient to give blue aggressive decks more options in constructed. Uh, I guess yeah, uh, Delver and consider are an alchemy. Oh, what's for, for that? Is blue aggro really that big of a thing that they need to? I, I I I can't talk a lot. Never mind. I don't play alchemy. But it's just like sometimes when they put things out there, like oh, we're trying to make this more competitive. Does it need to be like? Like, uh, does there need to be a competitive blue aggro deck or, you know, could it possibly the blues kind of got cornered the whole card advantage 
control, manipulate everything, make the games go on forever, make you hate your life playing against them if you're in a hurry. You know, maybe they've got that and they don't need to have a blue aggro also. Maybe. Bum the guess, yeah. <laughs> I, I've always liked more blue tempo decks. I've always yeah. been my personal favorite. Like Those are always good fun. The you want to say their lands was always oh. great fun. Which, didn't you have the uh, math is fun? Wasn't that one of your decks? Math is fun? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, It wasn't, uh, I'm trying to what the other term for some of those decks are, but I didn't try to say it. It just, everything, every card had to change the math of like casting a spell or an ability. It could be plus or minus with it. Oh, yeah. No, so it wasn't necessarily just trying to, to shut the game down, but it was just be like, if we're playing on paper, <laughs> this is going to take me a minute to figure out what the actual <laughs> casting cost of this card is going to be. Cosmos looks and such. Stacks? Yeah, stacks. Yeah. Stacks, except for, I don't know. I don't think stacks are that, that bad. It takes a while for the turn to go through, but at least it's not like control. That's. So Vince, Vincent, do you have a guess on that card with with the most printings? I think I clarified it's the number of sets printed, correct? Not the number of variants, but sets printed. It's the, based on my search criteria on Scribe Vault was sets printed. But again, I guess the challenge being if they reprinted the card multiple times in a certain product, if it came from a different set, that counts as two different printings. That's a little hint. You get yes. this right, you get the number one seed in the MPL. Yep. It might have <laughs> been, been a big double feature. It, yeah, it might have been a double Crimson, uh, Crimson Vow, Midnight Hunt, double feature. What? Yeah, no, yeah, that's a fair, the 28 different variants. That is, yeah. As Do someone who recently uh, sold some cards online, uh, yeah, looking up the amount of variants for some of those is absolutely ridiculous for the newer sets trying to figure out like you're like oh cool i'll look down in the corner by the collector number. oh nope nope there's three different ones by this collector number uh it looks foil it doesn't look etched to me i think it's this i think yeah that is that's crazy good, good point i guess i feel like i'm surprised that they haven't had some sort of like letter or i guess other <gasps> symbol after the collector number dang it he got it evolving wilds <laughs> is correct uh, so Evolving Wilds, at least based on Scryfall set, has been in 43 or 44? 43 Four. sets. Sorry, 44 yeah. sets. 44. Giant Growth was number two at 43 sets. Way to go, Vincent. Look at Deep Blue Vincent there. Way Pretty to go, good, man, yeah. Guys. So hella smart. What were we talking about? He's, oh, almost yeah, smart enough, he's almost smart enough to play Mindling Mech in Modern. It? Oh, yeah. So it's... Uh, any any decks you've been playing uh, recently, Tom? Yeah, this is a. I'm playing a slightly modified budget version of the Mindlink Mech deck that uh, Saffron Olive had uh, published on MTG Goldfish March 30th, and just based around you know crewing Mindlink Mech, which becomes a copy but four three of the creature that crewed it, and then using a card that I've had great fun. I used to play Cephalid Tribal, which is Cephalid Constable. Uh, that, along with some other ones like Cold Eye Selkie, so you can potentially draw a bunch of cards. The one that for me hasn't been, I guess, necessarily super useful is Dream Stealer. That's the one that, uh, a two and a black, Menace, it's a one, two normally. Uh, but uh, when it deals combat damage, the, that player discards that many cards with it. Um, I guess the biggest fun, though, is using the Anchors to Reality to search out uh, Cauldra Complete. It's sort of like a weird alpha <laughs> strike. And then you... <laughs> You know, maybe a turn or two later, you move it over to a constable or something like that, and then bounce all their cards. 
It, it looks like a quite the uh, interesting deck, especially Mindlink Mech. I bet is uh, not commonly seen as the threat that it needs to be. No, that's been the fun. Like playing you know, multiple <laughs> games. Like first they're like that that card gets ignored. Even like the consoles might get ignored at first, but quickly learn Mindlink <laughs> Mech is target numero uno uh, for that. But then usually you can delay long enough to get out your your culture complete and. Or also the the singular of the was it Eldra? Elbrus, Elbrus, the binding blade, which basically gets usually gets thrown on a bird of paradise as one of your advantage generators. <laughs> <laughs> basically, you alpha strike out a thirteen thirteen flying intimidate trample. Um, wow. I'm playing one versus one, so you don't ever get to use its other ability. But with Engar Unbound, is still a thirteen thirteen flying trample, which is kind of fun. Yeah, intimidate. I haven't heard that keyword in a long time. That's retired, right? Yeah, I had to look that yeah. one up. Yeah, so that's and how many? Uh, so you're playing this on uh, MTGO. How many tickets did this cost you on your ticket rental program? Yeah, so I and this is actually thank you to Vincent since I had a bunch of the uh, kind of Innistrad lands you know that come into play on tap as long as you have two or more lands. Basically, I just swapped out the entire land pool that he had because I did not want to spend. 200 tickets uh, on this deck. <laughs> Swap those out. Took out the thought seizes for the clearly inferior dress. Replaced the thought seizes. And after all that came out to be about 11 tickets. So again, in my rental program, it's well within my 40 ticket budget. And I've had a lot of fun with that one. So the rental program for me has just been a game changer for playing MTGO. Be like, here's a fun deck. I'm going to go play it. Yep. Here we go. Load the deck list in. To card order does X, and it tells you if you already have some of the cards, which I did. But otherwise, you can X out the ones you don't want, and you have your deck. And it's a lot of fun. That's yeah, a and it's a good value, right? Isn't about less than a dollar a week is what the program costs for that forty tickets. Yep, I it's a one ticket per week. Yep. Uh, it's two point two point five percent of the overall ticket value. Okay. Uh, but if you you can purchase their bot credit, which is basically their ticket analog, is ninety two cents yeah, per week. See. Look at that. Look at that. Proud, not sponsored by Card Hoarder. Wink, wink. Card Hoarder. For all yeah, so your card hoarding needs. Way back in Monday Night Magic days, they were a very nice, <laughs> very uh, supportive, actually, sponsor uh, with that. So I already had a soft spot, but the the, the, the rental program is is pretty cool for, you know, say a largely, you could try to, you know, turn it into actual winnings and money, but as a casual player, it makes it kind of like a, not free to play, not free to play in that respect, but free to play where I can kind of try out most decks that I would like to. The similar, like a we were talking a little earlier, Game Pass with the Xbox. You don't have quite as many with that. You don't have the selection that, but you, for forty tickets, that uh, you can do, a, like I said, a fair amount of decks. I would look at it similar to that. It's just it's a just a rental service, and it's far cheaper than uh, purchasing most of those cards individually. And yes, you would have that card then. But you would have one, you know, uh, what would you rather have? A deck that you could play using Mindlink Mech or um, one breeding pool. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> one polluted Delta. What are, we'll, what are you we'll, gonna... we'll pay this for like a year. That, that was that old uh, Toys R Us commercial with the rain check. The kids like, you know, running around like, yay, yay. 
uh, Toys R Us was advertising they would have said toys in stock. And they're like, but what happens if it was a world where it wasn't? And, you know, Billy opens up his package and it's a rain check. He's like, yeah, yeah. And he's running around playing with this rain check. And do- that's why I imagine you'd be doing with just the breed. Yeah, I have a single breeding pool. Yay. 59 more cards and I am there, <laughs> man. Uh, and the price <clears throat> of magic cards, I'm going to be dead before I afford that deck. So, yeah. Yeah, they are. But get on the Pro Tour, you can afford them. There you go. Again, well, I mean, I'm sure there's other costs, like, you know, actually uh, flying there, paying for the deck, all the hours that you're going to spend playtesting and doing all those things. But Pro Tour, million dollar prize pool. It's cool. it's, it's like, it's nice to have it back because that, that did seem to be, it was confusing. It was ne- very nebulous. Now it seems to be maybe, I'd say maybe a little more streamlined, even though it was in the previous formulation. Again, it's always hard when you have a pyramid showing your your <laughs> path to something. It always just makes you feel a little bit suspicious of whatever what, whatever that is in the picture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for people that you know, that's you know, if the competitive aspect is what drives you to the game, you know, and that is sort of your competitive outlet, you know, that's great to have that be, I guess, a more valid and option again for you. Yeah. Yep. As long yep. as you don't like alchemy, as long as you alchemy don't like alchemy, apparently, is not going to play a role in the pro tour at all. <laughs> Might get you into the regionals, but after that, you can't that sharpie be- on. I, I'm just going to sharpie over my <laughs> symmetry mage. Like Perpetual. 03, 03, and three power. There you go. Or you just have a whole cottage industry of alchemy deck sleeves. Where you'd be like, I need I need a oh. sleeve for my symmetry mage that will make it correct. Then I could play it in paper magic. Because I think basically we, I guess not draft, but everything else I could alchemize my paper cards. In that respect. That's, that's what you could do with the sleeves. They have quite a few. I mean, that would get those. It wouldn't. It wouldn't do anything with the You know, those digital mechanics. Things where, mechanics, but it would be a way that you could uh, alter your your cards on there. There you go. Ty, it Ooh, sounds like you have a business idea. Yeah, and if, if now that Alchemy, I guess the one thing is they could actually try to really implement some of the old micro pros digital only cards that came on those products, like. <laughs> Like the weird Jaguar and stuff. You remember they had like lots of weird digital only because that was like, oh, it's so cool. But they could actually make that a real card. Give me a digital secret layer of micro pros edition. Let's see if I'm, I'm going to. Okay. Since you did bring it up, I had to pull it up really quickly. Yeah. Jaguar. Oh, come on. Where's my whole list? I, I just want a list of all the micro pros cards, like the ones that were digital only. Oh, dr- oh, Dreamcast cards instead. Look at Vincent's name. Pandora's Box, Power Struggle, Prismatic Dragon. What were the what were the Dreamcast cards? I guess those ones I know. I was just into the original Micro Pros. I don't think I ever played the Dreamcast Magic. I was oh, aware Dreamcast Magic. That's pretty awesome. Well, Aswan Jaguar. That was a. I could read them out. I, I got the list up got, here now. Yep. Okay. I'm trying to think of anything's weird. Aswan Jaguar, two green, the call us, two, two. Okay, that's already underpowered based on today's magic. Someone <laughs> Jaguar. Uh, when it comes to play, you choose a random creature type from those and target opponent's deck. Then two green tap, you bury. Again, this is old. Bury target creature of the chosen type. Ah, okay. That's call. Here's the, yeah, uh, the dr- fairy dragon. That one, this one's basic. This one's kind of cool. Just a. Uh, well, two and two colors, two green, summon dragons, and one three flyer, but one green green colon play a random effect. <laughs> that could actually have been kind of fun. 
Oh yeah, I can see nothing uh, nothing going wrong with that one. <laughs> there's actually uh, I maybe I'm ordered. There's quite a few. Okay, we have one land. Here's a gem bazaar land. Comes into play. Choose a random color. Add to your mana pool one mana of the ch- color last chosen, and you choose a random color. Well, that's not really that powerful, but it'd probably be like eighty dollars in current magic. Um, oh my god, Pandora's box has a lot of text on it. He's got it. Vincent uh, has got the link for the uh, Dreamcast digital only magic cards. So, let's see, what is this? Oh, a shoes's breath, one in a red for a sorcery. For each creature, choose a number from zero to two at random. A shoes's breath deals that much damage to that creature. That's uh, definitely there's this older. When was this released? This was Japan only back in 2001. Well, Dreamcast, yeah. Sweet. Uh, Murgish Cemetery, that just sounds like a racial epitaph, but um, <laughs> I will look through these. I did not know these existed. Okay, the Dreamcast only cards. So uh, I'm assuming these were paper cards. Did they come in the box of the game, or were these only playable like inside? Because, I mean, they look like physical cards. Weren't they only in the game? Let's see. Okay, that would... Oh, Takes the game takes place in the town of Magic Heart and surrounding areas <laughs> of Merg, Kamat Island, Lidar Forest, Yellick, Tornell, and the Balance Tower, each representing a basic land that the opponent's decks will be based around. It includes cards from Sixth Edition, Alliances, and Tempest. Yeah, they're digital designs. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll I'll read through these. I did not know these existed. So this is all the history of alchemy. This is the this is what started it twenty years ago. Wizards Wizards got that itch and they finally started to scratch it twenty years we just, later. We just need the internet <laughs> and NFTs. Oh, oh, no NFTs, no NFTs, and digital objects that you lease but don't own. Yeah, you don't lease. No, no, it's the, cool. Your name goes on this block. You're on this blockchain for it, so you don't own it. But no, no, you don't own it. But your name's on it. The ideas what? were there, but the business and technology hadn't caught up yet. What was the Twitter joke? I saw someone post about that. There's a few. It's like, if you ever want to get a crypto bro mad, just ask about NFTs and say it's a pyramid scheme. Ah, yeah. <laughs> or to ML. Yes. Yeah, it's a pyramid scheme. MLM. Yep. There you go. But yes, we're, that is kind of the news that I had. Uh, Brent and I were talking a little bit before the, to, to end out the show here, we were talking a little bit before the uh, show started about kind of the most we paid for paper magic cards. Oh with this so brent do you want to share your show then i'll share my the my, most, my shady mcdonald's deal that i did for for a single the most i'd have paid for this was a i was building a commander deck and it has dual lands in it and i happen to have dual lands i've played for a, a long time and i've gotten them a long time ago <laughs> but the most i paid for a single dual land i paid for a tundra was about 120 dollars and this was, I, I'm honestly, I bet it was almost 20 years ago. Not 20 years ago, maybe 15 like years 10, ago. 10, 15, I'd say I could yeah, see. Yeah, 10, 15 years. Because I'm trying to think when I was up in, it was in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm trying to think when I, what I was up there for with the school, post-school, that. So yeah, I'll say 15, you're probably closer to 15 years. And that was the most I had paid for a dual land. And I was looking at the prices uh, online to try and put together this deck list. And I was amazed at how expensive dual lands are now. What's uh, what's your story, Tom? Yeah, so mine, this would have been like 95, probably 1995. Cause I was starting kind of like, I'll say kind of like junior high, high school age at that point. 
And there's a group of us who are getting more into magic. So this was kind of getting into, you know, kind of revised. We were kind of revised was, we were starting to see like more sets coming out. So revised was a little bit in the, the rear view mirror. So some of us did start to appreciate kind of some of the more powerful cards that were from Alpha Beta Unlimited, you know, that weren't in revised. So we were kind of learning what was in what sets and what wasn't. Um, so this is, I'll say very much, I'll, I'll call it pre-internet or at least how we would use it today. So if you wanted to find something to buy, you looked in the classified sections of the newspaper. So we're going back to those days. Yes. So I wanted to buy magic cards. I, I think they had under collectibles. So if you could, it was like basically Beanie Babies, random crap. And then everyone so you'd find a magic card listing. So I kept watching those. And eventually somebody had a Black Lotus, uh, some Moxes, uh, Ancestral Recall, and I think a Time Twister uh, listed. Um, so again, it was just like a numbers you have to like call and contact you. We had to figure out where to meet. Um, so we met at our local McDonald's so we could have like our, our deal go down in a safe environment. <laughs> and I paid. And again, I could, I could have bought more at this point, but I, I'm like 14. You only have so much money, Yeah, but I spent a total of a hundred dollars to buy the Lotus, oh my God. the Twister, all, all that. Oh. It was actually a beta mox. Uh, Sapphire um, came out to be about a, maybe 120. Oh. It was around like 100 bucks. And for you know, cash, you know, like the five, six, 20s, I looked at the cards. They were most of them were really good condition. I think one was, you know, like, you know, somewhat played uh, with it. But, you know, at that point, that seemed ridiculous, though. Like you're spending like yeah. 20, 20 bucks yeah. something a card, you know, like that. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, six boosters, you know, or more at that point. But in retrospect, should have bought more <laughs> at that point. Should have bought more. Yep. Oh, wow. Again, Magic's the one game that's really survived, I'll say, overall. But again, we all have our things where it's like, should have done more. <laughs> should have just bought some Bitcoin when it was like two bucks. <laughs> when it was two bucks. <laughs> in real reality, even though we the, hate NFTs. but the, There was that Magic tournament all those years ago. Third and fourth prize were 25 Bitcoins. Really? Yeah, it was something. Hold on, I got. I know the most valuable magic term of all time. Actually, that's pretty. That's kind of fascinating. I'm gonna see if I can pull up the actual. Is this uh, that's Starcraft? Maybe that's Starcraft. No. NTG turn. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Starcraft. I swear, I thought it was a magic one. But yeah, was well. Okay, this one. This will bring it up. Let's see. This was uh, okay. Well. This was StarCraft, so maybe I'm wrong on mine. What a surprise. I'm wrong on it. Uh, first prize for the StarCraft tournament was $500. Second prize was $250. Third prize was $150. Fourth prize, fourth place, sorry, was $100. And fifth through eighth place was 25 bitcoins each. And imagine you got that fifth place. Like, I want the $100. Yeah, I want the $100. I'll put this Bitcoin somewhere and not remember the password. And then in 20 years, I'm going to be, or like 10, 15 years, I'm going to be yep. like, this oh god! I'm gonna be on the news. Yeah, because I can't remember my password. Oh yeah. Let's see. And what's uh, Bitcoin today? One Bitcoin currently is forty six thousand six hundred forty one dollars and seventy cents. Okay. Hundred dollars or one point six million dollars? Would what would you prefer? <laughs> oh man. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to go off. Again. Pretty pretty phenomenal. But yeah. So if we if we knew the future, we all can make different purchases that would make us a lot more money today but yeah, in the end what can you do we can't all be biff right we gotta, can't be we biff gotta tannin no yep <laughs> so brent thank you thank you for joining me uh 
or sorry, Vincent, as always, kind of, I'm still impressed. They got the evolving wilds with just a couple of hints because that, that surprised us as we were looking through it. Um, but yeah, join us uh, again. Th- we did this one a little bit later because we wanted to wait for the organized play, but typically we record on Wednesdays. So, you know, join me, Brent, a lot of times Vincent and mm-hmm. yeah, tell your friends. We're not really yeah. this for money at all. Yeah. So we just like to, to podcast and eventually we'll get some feedback from people, but just join us once yeah. a week. Monday Night Magic is back. It's a lot of fun. And thank you, Brent. Thank you, everyone. So, Brent, where, where can they find you if they did want to discuss pants or potentially the lack of pants? Lack of life? pants? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at, at DrNoPants1 on Twitter. Uh, feel free to uh, ask me any magic or pants-related questions. Dr. No pants me once. Shame on you. Dr. No pants me twice. twice. Shame on me. Me. Yep. There you go. <laughs> And I am PSG Reader. I guess that'd be R-E-A-D-E-R on Twitter. And yeah, I, Monday Night Magic, I think it's based on every single podcast platform imaginable at this mm-hmm. point. It's on iTunes now. Everything is there. Thank you to uh, our record, uh, Captivate, who's the podcast host that I pick, because <laughs> it kind of just does it all for you. It's fairly amazing having done this 10, 15 years ago where it was a ginormous pain in the butt <laughs> to get on all the different things. <laughs> So yeah, join us next week, gentlemen, and my kids will be back in school, so we'll be able to record on Wednesday again. Because uh, last week on Wednesday, we I made a poor life decision. Took my kids to uh, it's it's actually a very good. We talked about YouTube, but it's a, a YouTube channel called Snake Discovery. It's these uh, it's a couple. Uh, they're married, <laughs> uh, but basically they re- rehabilitate reptiles. I'm not, I'm not sure she's like a like a, like a vet or a vet tech, but somehow is an expert in reptiles. They they rehabilitate him. They literally had like an alligator that somebody abandoned. So they, it's a very interesting show, uh, but they basically did well enough. They were able to get enough funds to open up like a store slash like zoo. Uh, it's like a bunch of displays of animals. So we went to that. And uh, now one of my daughters wants, one wants to get a, a snake. So <laughs> they, they saw like some baby bull snakes. They're like, you know, I'm from Midwest. You're like, I think of like a yeah. garter snake, you know, like little yeah. tiny snakes. That's what they looked like. I'm like, oh, fine. You know, do you know what they eat? They eat mice. You have to like buy frozen mice just so you know, but it looks kind of cute. And they're like, Oh, this is a good place. So they list like the adult enclosure size. I'm like four feet by two feet by two feet. So we, so on the other side of the store, they had an adult bull snake. I'm like, Oh, good God. <laughs> it's like yeah. this gigantic <laughs> snake. I'm like, no, sorry. We're not having something that could actually potentially eat like a cat. We're like that's probably not going to have that in the house. Uh, but then we discovered a crested gecko. So we will be probably getting a crested gecko in, a, in about a month because they eat crickets, mealworms, or fruit. Yeah, they have. Uh, wasn't there? There was a research. I remember years and years ago, undergrad research paper. They actually think that the way geckos can stay on all those surfaces is the Vanderwall forces. It's an actual atom to atom force with all those pads around their feet. Yeah, because it's like yeah, basically Vanderwall's like it's always like static electricity. Like you yeah, said, Vanderwall's yeah. where it's yeah. just like. When you look at like when they zoom in on it, it's just like like just millions of like folds. Yeah, basically, it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, they, they stick the glass and everything, yep. and it's so cool. Uh, they can walk over, it and that's it's and I know it's magic podcast, but I'm a dork, and yeah, it's at an atomic level is how they're able. That's that's awesome. So that's that's where evolution gets kind of funky. It's like that is crazy. The, yeah. like, <laughs> that you know that got you know just accidentally figured out, and we got it something just, can stick to glass now. There you yep, go. It sticks all over. <laughs> Yeah, and I also like that they don't have eyelids, so they have to lick their eyeballs to keep them wet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just like looking at it. So, yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> the other is like, ah. Okay, All right. Cool. Is. 
I'm so done with we'll, geckos now. <laughs> so we'll probably we'll be having a crested gecko in our house. So. But they, they they look to be pretty. They're, they're recommended as a first reptile pet. Like I guess they are fairly easy to take care of. Can you train the gecko to ride a guinea pig? I now that you brought it up, the answer is if there's a will, there's a way. So <laughs> I will have to 3D print a gecko saddle. Yes, for the guinea exactly. pig. That's it right there. We'll use Moto Moto. We'll use James, the Moto Moto guinea pig, the one that can already just <laughs> oh. shambles due to his Marlon Brando based body habitus. Um, we'll, put it, we'll put it on James. He moves the slowest. Yeah, the yeah. I bet. I bet. Yes. Well, maybe they could just stick to it. Maybe they'll just stick to the guinea maybe pig. Just, uh, it's for, just stick right to just it. Just like st- you know, suction it on there and then let it ride around. Then we'll rip the Make hair it. off the guinea pig when you try to remove the uh, gecko from it. A little feeding tray or something to keep it occupied because I'm sure it's not going to want to stay on there. But if you have somewhere to eat, you can just sit there and eat. And you know, Moto Moto can kind of lumber all around like a big old bantha. And he's riding them, and that's kind of tra- like how it, him running is somewhat is a little bit funny to watch because like the double chins like start jiggling and and things I didn't know before having guinea pigs is they have visible butt cheeks like they really have like little butts, which is absolutely hilarious. But they like run around that's like the, the little butts are just because they. We got so so many damn many of them is that they like run around like little trains and yeah, awesome. Awesome. Kids, pets, life is never dull. Well, we will be hearing an update on this podcast someday soon. I'm sure. Guinea pig butts, yeah. So yeah, probably next, probably about a month because we have a program set for her to earn her gecko, like practicing her piano and all these other things. So she seems very determined. Awesome. Like literally, it's like six in the morning. Like downstairs, you hear the violin going like. Okay, maybe not six in the morning practice, but maybe, I do yeah. appreciate the uh, the enthusiasm. <laughs> All right, guys, join us next week for more somewhat magic related content. Awesome! Bye. <laughs> See ya. Hit stop. Oh, first. <laughs>